I am Pastor Melo, and we are the Lubibo family, your missionaries to the Philippines. Our ministry began in 1999. As a newlywed couple, my wife Ruth and I started this ministry in the town called Masinlo. This town is located in the coastal province of Zambales of the main island of Luzon. With a burning desire to share the gospel to the lost, God allowed us to see souls get saved. Soon, men and women began to commit their lives to Christ. With a humble beginning, the work of the Lord flourished, and in the presence of the new chartered members, the church was organized in 2002, which is now called the Independent Baptist Church of Masinlo. God gave us the vision to see lives transformed through Christ. By fulfilling the Great Commission, we share the gospel to the lost, disciple them into Christ-likeness, and train men and women that will be used by God in the ministry. Week after week, our volunteer teachers go out to different parts of our community to teach the children. These children get to hear Bible stories, learn new songs, but most importantly, know the love of God. Every summer, we also conduct vacation Bible schools, during which times, we gather larger number of kids at different locations. Meals are provided for them after teaching them the Word of God. Parents are invited during graduation, where they also get to hear the gospel. We have seen many people come to the Lord through this ministry. In fact, teachers in our children ministry used to be kids that we taught in the past. As the children grow older as teenagers, we saw the need to get them involved in church programs including youth camps and sports evangelism. We pray that our young people are spared from Satan's attacks in social media. We want to guide them through the struggles of living in the digital age. We want to see more young people dedicate their lives to Christ and that God will use them as the next generation leaders. We are praising God that among these young people, God allowed us to train those who became men who were sent to start new churches. In total, God helped us establish six more churches that came out from the church that we originally started. This resulted to more souls saved and lives transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. In 2005, God allowed us to start Masinglo Christian Academy. Through this ministry, God is helping us get more engaged with our community through education. Students are not only taught how to read and write, but also about the Word of God. From 18 students on its first year, we now have 180 students this school year. My brothers and sisters, please include us in your prayers. Our goal is to start five more churches in our province in the coming years. Pray for the men who are already under training. This man will soon be sent out. Pray that God would supply the needs. After 17 years in the mission field, God allowed my family to be on furlough to raise the much-needed support that we lost through the years, especially during COVID. 
I ask that you would prayerfully consider to partner with us in the ministry of reaching the lost for Christ. Thank you for allowing me to share to you what the Lord has done through the many years of labor as we continue to be obedient to His calling. We want to give God the glory because everything that you saw was made possible only by the grace of God. Please pray for the salvation of more souls in the Philippines. Please pray for the Lumibao family. Good morning. It's so good to be here. The video that you've just uh, seen and was showed is a kind of overview of our ministry in the Philippines. But later on, maybe while we are having lunch, you'll get to see more pictures, especially uh, during the times that your church were involved in sending men and women young and old, to the Philippines. So we look forward to seeing that. Am I hearing? Okay. All right. Thank you. So, uh, like I said, it's so good to be here. I'm Pastor Melo, and I'm a missionary. I'm your missionary to the Philippines. And our ministry in the Philippines, you know, is in partnership with your church going on for the last 17 years. The last time that I was here was in 2006, so it was uh, a very long time ago. And uh, since the first time that I was here, you know, it was a long time ago. It is a privilege uh, to, uh, you know, uh, visit uh, your church, and I'm so excited to meet those who have come and visited us. And uh, also excited to meet some more and, and fellowship with you all, so I'm excited. My real name is Romelo, but uh, uh, people call just, just call me Melo, okay? Uh, just like Mellow Yellow. <laughs> I, I really, I don't know if we still had this, you know. And my last name is Lumibao, so it's kind of hard to... To uh, pronounce, and Pastor Marty is doing a great job, and uh, so it's hard to remember. Yeah, but if you just remember Mellow Yellow, you remember me. <laughs> so uh, my wife is here also. Uh, her name is Ruth. So that's easy to remember. Uh, but uh, you can uh, you can also think of Baby Ruth. Yeah. So sounds like a perfect combination, mellow yellow and a baby Ruth. You see, if, except, except when you have uh, diabetes. <laughs> so uh, I'm also, we're here also here with Kendra. Kendra is our youngest son. And you have also met, uh, most of you met our oldest son, Kyle. And Kyle is uh, in Ohio. He is uh, finishing up his senior uh, year in college to, to become a pastor in May. And um, before the end of this year, he will go back to the Philippines to start his own ministry. So, so please pray for him as well. Keisha, 
our daughter and Curvy, our middle son, is in the Philippines. So, uh, at the moment, we're, we're a separated family. So, uh, but, but I am uh, looking forward to the day that we'll be reunited once again. And I would like to uh, take this opportunity to thank you for the warm welcome that we received. And we really needed it so badly because of this cold weather. <laughs> so, I appreciate that. So, um, for your warm welcome. And thank you, Brother Mark, for picking us up at the airport on a cold afternoon. Uh, it was cold outside in Charlotte. And when we, uh, you know, uh, uh, rode in the van, and as soon as Brother Mark turned on the heater, you know, I told him, Brother Mark, thank you for the love. <laughs> and uh, uh, thank you, Sister Emily, also, and for the family, the fosters, for uh, letting us stay in your house. And Pastor Marty, as well, thank you so much for uh, hosting, of, hosting us for a couple of days. And the first day that we were with uh, Pastor Marty, he let us tour Greenville. There's a lot of changes since the last time that I was here. But he let us walk on a windy morning. It's cold. <laughs> and for a while, I thought, you know, I thought Pastor Marty loved us. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, uh, you know, after being treated so well, uh, there's a feeling that you don't want to leave the place. And that's the feeling that I have right now. You know, but do pray for us because uh, to, uh, tomorrow we will be uh, visiting our son Kyle in a much colder place. You do pray for us in Ohio. So uh, uh, please remember us in your prayers. And it's just a privilege to be here and to be a blessing to you. I hope that I can become a blessing to you as I share the word of God. Would you stand with me, please? And um, uh, let us, as we read God's word in Deuteronomy chapter uh, 8, verse 2 and 3. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2 and 3. The Bible says, Thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God hath led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee to know what was in thine heart whether thou wouldest keep his commandment or no. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna which thou knewest not neither did thy fathers know that he might make thee know that the that a man does not live by bread only, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time that an opportunity to worship you. Thank you for the songs and the fellowship and for our brothers and sisters here who have, uh, Lord, uh, welcome us and allowed us to join them to worship you. Lord, I pray that you'll help me to become a blessing this morning. I pray, dear God, that you will use thy word to encourage us. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done in this church. Thank you for Pastor Marty and the, and the leadership in this church. Thank you for all the blessings that you have given us. 
and uh, be with us as we hear thy word and speak to us in Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may all be seated. Today's technology allows us to use GPS that helps us to navigate. It tells us where to go, where we are, and, and how to reach our destinations. You know, back in the days, we would only use simple maps made out of paper. And in a much earlier period of time in the past, people would use maps out of parchments, leaves, or maybe you would see maps on the walls. You know, in the medieval days, adventurers would draw dragons and other ominous fictional animals at the edge of their maps, maps that tells them not to go there. Because that place, you know, implies danger and uncertainties, not to proceed, because that place was an uncharted territory. Have you had situations when you are faced with so many uncertainties in life, that you have so many questions and unanswered problems, unsolved, sickness, unhealed, so much decisions to make, and it's very hard to make decisions, and it carries so much heaviness in your heart. And we just simply don't know what the next step we would take. In those type of situations, let me ask each and every one of you, what kind of map do you use? Today, we are reminded of another time when the nation of Israel was facing uncharted territory and with so many uncertainties at hand. And I pray that by God's, that God's word this morning will help us to be prepared in those type of situations. And I pray that through God's help, you know, God will prepare us and lead us in the right course of actions that we need to take in facing so many uncertainties of life. So today... I'd like to speak on the subject, facing life's uncertainties. Facing life uncertainties. The Lord promised that God, uh, you know, would give the nation of Israel the promised land. And that promised land is now in sight. When Moses described this uh, land as the land of milk, and honey. If we can, uh, if you'll read in uh, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 7 and 9, you know, it is the land of milk and honey. Now, the promised land was a special, the promised land was a special place for the nation of Israel, so they always look forward to occupy it. Now, that land was now inside. But do you know that 40 years prior to this, the nation of Israel was already on the verge of claiming that promised land. Remember, 12 spies were sent to the land. And uh, when the spies returned, 10 of them gave a bad report because they were so overwhelmed with fears. We see that in Numbers chapter 13. Verse 32, you know, as a result of the unbelief of that generation, 
God was so displeased that he told them that they would not see the land. And you would see that in, in Joshua chapter 5, verse 6. So, 40 years later, after wandering in the wilderness and because of, so, uh, because of their disobedience, then the people of Israel are now standing on the border of their fulfilled dreams. On the border that they will cross and crossing that border would lead them to the promised land. Behind them was the wilderness, their failures. Behind them was their disappointment. Behind them were the graves of their disobedient parents. But before them was the land awaiting their possession, the land that flows with milk and honey. Now the Bible tells us that at that moment, between the Israelite and the promised land stood the Jordan River. Now listen, anybody would think that if the only task left for the Israelites before possessing the promised land was to cross that Jordan River, that they would just have easily done it. After all, the Jordan River was not a frightening body of water. Because most of the time, the Jordan River was about 100 feet wide. But during that time, that was the time and the moment where the Jordan River was at the spring harvest season, where the river rose to the flood stage, that it overflowed its banks. And instead of being 100 feet wide, the Jordan River is now one mile wide. So, if they could have picked for themselves a time to cross the Jordan River, the Israelites would have surely have uh, picked a time on the day of the spring harvest season. But that was the exact time God intended them to cross the Jordan River. Now it seems like God was giving them a hard time, wasn't he? It seems like God was giving them as hard as a child that he could. But that is not simply the case. You see, when the nation of Israel, during the time that they were facing uncertainties, do you know what God is doing? God was testing their un wavering faith. Is it not the case when we face life's uncertainties that God also wants to test our unwavering faith? But sadly, there are times that we would rather trust our own power instead of God. There are times that we would rather trust our own means, our own ways, there are times that we would rather trust ourselves instead of God. My brothers and sisters, let us be reminded that we can trust God in uncertainties. And even if we don't know what tomorrow holds, we don't have to worry about tomorrow. You know why? Because God is already there. 
Can you imagine what the people of Israel, Israel were facing at, at the moment and what was the thoughts that are going through their minds? Because all they knew for the past 40 years was, guess what? Wondering. They were wondering. And now they were told to go to the land that, flow, that, to the land that they have just heard about. Yes, the land that flows with milk and honey, but also the land that has giants in it. Fortified cities. And they will face people armed and dangerous. Sounds like America in other places. But you see, as you would imagine, with all the uncertainties that they had to face, God placed them to cross this Jordan River during the flood stage. I mean, it is already frightening to cross the Jordan River, let alone cross the Jordan River into the unknown. Have you noticed this? That God similarly also had to place us in situations that it is visibly impossible to succeed without His help. And in situations that without God's power, we are powerless. And without God, we are nothing. But I thank the Lord this morning because I know that with God's miraculous interventions in our lives, we are able to proceed. We are able to, to uh, take the next step. And we are able to proceed and we are able to succeed. So in facing uncertainties in life, what do we need to see? And what do we need to consider in order to prepare us for it? Consider this. And you may want to need to write this down. That when we are faced with life's uncertainties, we should remember God's provision in the past. That's what we need to do. And that helps us, prepare us into the next chapter of our lives in order to, uh, to prepare us for what God is going to do next and then for what God is going uh, and where God would lead us to go next. We are to look over our shoulders and remember what God did in the past. Moses asked his people to do just this in Deuteronomy 8 and verse 2. Moses said, remember. Now, remember was, uh, means to mark out, to underline, to give importance, or to set aside. Now, how many of you would use power banks that you always plug your cell phone to in case you ran out of battery? Especially when you are in a remote place? Yes, power banks. Now, how many of you would use your memory bank? memory bank to remind you that where you are today is because of what God did to you in the past. Where we are today, here, where West End Baptist Church here today is because of what God 
did in the past. Do you know what God did in the past for the nation of Israel for the past 40 years prior to this? Yes, they, they were wandering in the wilderness, but their journey in the wilderness can be described as one miracle after another. Remember that when they entered the desert, they crossed the Red Sea. Now, that's a miracle. And every day in the wilderness were days that were, they were led by God. They were led by God in a mirac miraculous ways. They were led by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. So, for the nation of Israel during these years, it was a typical day for them to have a day led by God. Now, how was your day today? And yesterday? And the day before? Would we have the same testimony as the Israelites would have and would have given? That they were led by God every day. You know, to be led by God every day is always a good day, isn't it? And even on the days that you seems like you're having a bad day, that day turned out to be good after seeing where God led you after a difficult moment, after the pain, and after everything that you had to go through. So I thank the Lord that God led me here today. Though I had to wait 17 years before being in front of you. But I'm glad, Pastor Marty, that uh, I did not have to wait 40 years to in be in front of you. So I had my share of Jordan River. And I'm glad today that I'm here to testify that God is never late. God is never early. God is always on time. And I thank your church today, West End Baptist Church, for this church, for your share of crossing your Jordan River, of trusting the Lord and be obedient in the leading of the Lord to partner with us in the Philippines, in the ministry, not only financially, not only in, in, in investing in our ministry financially, but you have sent men and women young and old, to cross not only a river, but across the vast ocean to go to the Philippines. Of course, by plane. You see, God led us into a mission of partnership together in sharing the gospel and God's love to that part of the world. And I testify to you that year after year of those mission trips, it may be a small group or a larger group that God has designed the mission to accomplish and every year that mission was accomplished and every year God has provided the need. And I thank the Lord for God. Now you would find it hard to believe how God provided for the Israelites in the past 40 years and you would see that in Deuteronomy Chapter 8 and verse 4. And, and uh, uh, you would see that 
God provided for them shoes. And God provided for them clothes for 40 years. And those shoes and those clothes lasted for 40 years. Now where do we buy that today? This reminds me that in spite of our failures and our weaknesses, that God still loves His people. This reminds me that God provides. This reminds me that, that by God's grace and mercy, God sustains us. Do you remember those days in the past that, that you were in a situation that if it were not because of God's miraculous intervention in your life, you would never have survived. Remember those days. So you, would you do something for me? I want you to write three things that God has miraculously provided for you last year. Three things, at least three things. And please, keep that list handy. And when you get a little discouraged, you would go over that list and be reminded that God has not forgotten you and that God cares and God provides for his people. Now I'm trying to figure out what would have taken the, to care for the three million people in the wilderness for 40 years. There was an article in a magazine that says Moses needed 1,500 tons of food every day. That's a lot of food. Every day. Now if one meal costs one dollar, Moses needed $9 million worth of food in today's standards every day. Moses would need nine tons of firewood every day. Moses needed 11 million gallons of water every day. But every day, God provided the need, the basic necessities of his people but God did not use freight trains. God did not use pickup trucks. You know, every day God dropped food in front of their tents and so that God provided their basic needs for 40 years without fail. No wonder when the Lord was teaching us to pray, He gave us the Lord's Prayer. And in that prayer, there's a, there's a portion that says, Give us this day our daily bread. Have you wondered why it did not say give us this month or give us this year? It says give us this day. I believe it's telling us that we need to ask God for our daily needs and thank God for his provisions daily. Now why is this important? Because when you face similar situations one day, you will have to remember God's faithfulness in the past in order to prepare you for the uncertainty in the future. Now, not only we are to remember God's provision in the past, but in facing life's uncertainties, consider this. Rely on God's presence today. In Joshua chapter 3, verse 1 to 3, it says, And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim and came from Jordan, he and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they possessed. And it came to pass for after three days 
that the officers, officers went through the host and, and they commanded the people saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests and Levites bearing it, you shall remove from your place and go after it. This tells us, these verses tells us about the ark of the covenant. You see, the pillar of cloud and, the, and fire were visible sights of God leading his people. But the Ark of the Covenant symbolizes God's presence among them and that God would be with them wherever they go. The Ark of the Covenant was 25 inches long and 27 inches deep and wide. And it had a lid on it. And they, were, and they, and they had gold rings on each of the cover of the box so that poles can be pushed through these rings so the box can be picked up over the shoulders. And inside that Ark, of the covenant were the tablets of the law of Moses, the portion of manna that were provided for them, and the rod of Aaron. So the Ark of the Covenant was always associated with the glory of God and the presence of God in the midst of his people. If you would look in the history of Israelites in the Old Testament, you can see that whenever the Ark of the Covenant was removed from them, they were defeated. And when the Ark of the Covenant was brought back to them, the, you know, they were victorious. So the Ark of the Covenant is a constant reminder that God will be with them wherever they went. Now, they were about to cross the Jordan River. Now see this. Don't miss this. God has specific instructions about the distance that they should keep between themselves and the Ark. Of the covenant. It's in Joshua chapter 3 and verse 4. Yet there shall be space between you and, and it about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that ye may know the way by which ye must go, for ye shall not pass this way before. You see, 2,000 cubits is a distance of about 3,000 feet. Or about half a mile. And the reason God was determining the distance between the Ark of the Covenant and the people as they crossed the river, the reason is so that everyone could see it. Everyone could see it. And I believe the lesson that God is teaching us today is that everyone, not only the pastors, everyone, not only the leaders, every one of us must see God's presence in our lives. Now, leaders are important, but each of us need to keep our eyes on God individually. The presence of God must be felt in our lives. It is not enough to see what God is doing in the eyes of others, but also in our own eyes. And God tells us that we must look on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Now we must set our eyes on Jesus and we better set our eyes on Jesus. Especially when you had to cross the Jordan River of, our, of your lives, of our lives, with this raging water of disappointment and discouragement. We need to set our eyes on God. You know why? Because God is the only one who can help us. Remember when Peter was walking on water and when he took his eyes off of Jesus, you know what happened? He began 
to sing. My brothers and sisters, let us look, let us keep our eyes on Jesus. Now, don't miss this. Notice the word before in Joshua chapter 3 and verse 6. And Joshua spake unto the priest, saying, Take up the ark of the covenant and pass over before the people. And they took the ark of the covenant and went before the people. Notice the word in the midst in Joshua chapter 3 verse 17. And the priest that bare the ark of the covenant of the Lord uh, stood firm in dry ground in the midst. And all the Israelites passed over the dry land until the people were passed clean over Jordan. Now remember, notice the word passed over. And it came to pass when the people were cleaned, passed over, that the Ark of the Covenant passed over and the priests in the presence of the people. So the priests were to go ahead with the Ark of the Covenant that they were not to go to the other side yet. The scripture said that they were to stand in the middle of the riverbed until all of the Israelites passed before them. So the Ark of the Covenant came in behind them and with them and followed them in the riverbanks. So God was going before them, with them, and followed them until the journey is over. This means that God's presence was not going to leave them. And we are reminded this morning that God is Never, God's presence is no, not, never going to leave us. Wherever we go, anytime and anywhere, it is the Lord who promised us that God's people, to God's people that he will never leave us nor forsake us. So, in, so consider this, that in life's uncertainties, remember God's provision in the past. Rely on God's presence today. And lastly, let us be reassured of God's presence Promises for the future. Here's what God said in Joshua chapter 3, verses 1, verses 13. And it shall come to pass, as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the covenant, the Lord of all the earth shall rest upon the waters of Jordan, and the waters of Jordan, Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that came down from above, and they shall stand upon an heap. So you see, as soon as the priests put their feet on the river, the water, uh, uh, the water stood like a wall. Then the Israelites began crossing the, the, the Jordan River. Now, 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 at this, now, now, this altogether is a familiar scene. This was a time when Moses, that Moses, during the time of Moses, the Israelites crossed the Red Sea. Two familiar experiences. And God was sending them a message that with, with these two familiar and similar experiences that God, that the God who began the journey with them 40 years before is still the God that will deliver his people now. That God will do what he said he will do and when everything else fails, God's promise will never fail. You see, we're going back to the Philippines at the end of February. We have a mission to accomplish, and that mission is to reach souls and plant churches. And you know what? By God's grace, God has already allowed us to start seven churches, including the main church that I'm pastoring right now. 
And our goal is to establish and plant five more churches. And I believe that God will help us. You know, since after we started the ministry in 1999, we are in awe of everything that God has, has done. And I know that it's only by God's grace and I know that, and that we give the glory to God. And I also know that God is not finished yet. And I'm excited about what God will do next. I'm excited about God, about the men and women that will be called and will surrender their lives and will serve the Lord. I still remember the day when we set foot on the mission field and it's just me and my wife, baby Ruth, and the Lord. That's all we have. But I thank God because God has blessed the ministry in so many ways you could ever imagine. And I praise God because this church has made an impact in our ministry. I thank you for sending men and women. Cody and Katie, thank you. Alan Clark, Mike Clark, Daniel, Kelly and John, Sharon, Kristen, Matt Davis, Patty, Scott, Peyton, Olivia, Jason, Dwight, Ted, Stephen, Mark, Emily, Ella, Sophia, Henry, Marty, Suzanne, Danny, Chrissy, Whitney, John Sorrells, Jess, William, Kristen, and Carlton. I hope that I never miss anybody because my memory bank is low. But thank you all for such, making such an impact in our ministry and I ask you to continue to pray because God, I know God is going to help us accomplish more for His glory. You know, to be able to visit your country is such a privilege. Although it's cold. And, uh, you know, being treated so well, you know, I don't want to leave, but I'm leaving tomorrow. But do pray for us as we visit Kyle in Ohio. It's a privilege to see your beautiful country. See beautiful places and even try the best food there is. But I tell you this, nothing will give me more satisfaction than to see one more soul get saved. Nothing will give me more satisfaction than to see one more church to be established in the Philippines. Because I believe Jesus is coming back real soon. Don't you? Amen. I believe that Jesus is coming back real soon. Just look around and and see what's happening in this world. Jesus is coming back real soon. And, and it would be an awesome sight that when that day comes, we will be rewarded. Because of what we did for Christ. So my brothers and sisters, let us do more for Christ. Because he promised us that he will never leave us. He will help us. Let us do more for Christ. And let us do it together. Once again, thank you for allowing me to be here and I hope that in some ways we have become a blessing to you. Looking forward to fellowshiping with you with some more time later. Good morning and God bless you all. Thank you Lord for the blessing of sharing your word and may you use this for your glory in Jesus name. Amen. Amen.